Hey loves, welcome back to Strip Down. I can't even flip and tell you how excited I am to have this amazing woman in my house today. We connected so many months ago when I was like first pregnant, didn't really even like, you know, tell many people I was pregnant yet. And I even referred to her through my amazing lactation team, Goldilocks. And they were like, you have to meet her. She is just amazing in what she does and this and that. And I was like, okay, you know, connect me. We connected. We've been texting and talking for months <laughs> and talking about how we were going to, you know, work together and collaborate. This is Sarah LaVon, who is is a registered nurse, childbirth educator, and labor-y and delivery coach. Oh my God, Sarah, this I feel like has been like, it literally has been like months in the making. Welcome to Strip Down. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. Yes. So before we like get real heavy into this, because we've been offline chatting real heavy for Mm -hmm. a while now, (laughs) I want you to tell my audience a little bit about you because you have so much to you and obviously being, you know, a labor and, uh, you know, a delivery coach and everything and birth coach, you know, for most people, and I know that's kind of includes doula services, Mm -hmm. but for you, the first thing of, you know, your career and who you are, you're an yeah. actual registered nurse, I which I think is, you know, amazing and everything you're doing. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got into all of this and like who Sarah Levon is and everything. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, then we're going to get right into it. I love it. <laughs> so I got my start into the birth world through labor and delivery nursing. So I went to nursing school, graduated, got a job right into labor and delivery in a hospital in East LA called White Memorial Medical Center, which is like a completely different demographic than the hospital I ended up at, which I'll get to. Um, But I always had a love for women, women's health, and then also just love babies. So it was the perfect kind of crossover. I also really liked happy nursing rather than the (laughs) other end of the spectrum. And so for me, I learned very quickly that birth was my calling. You know, when you get your first job and you're like, I don't know if I'll be here forever. And I literally, my first shift was like, this is everything. Like, I will do this the rest of my life. And that was like 22 years. I was 22 years old. So moral of the story. So I I love to learn. I love to grow and push myself. And after two years, I um, realized I would never pay off my student loan. So I got a second (laughs) job at a completely different different hospital, different demographic at Cedars-Sinai in Beverly Hills. And so really just to push myself and continue to learn and grow. Started there and then eventually paid off my student loans. Hallelujah. And Hallelujah. Then, That's amazing. Right. Thank Thank goodness. <laughs> and then I eventually went full time at Cedar Sinai. While I was at Cedar Sinai, I start I was a part of a group of there were eight of us nurses selected to revamp their childbirth education program. Wow. And we actually worked with Anna Paula Markel oh from God, Baby yeah. Birth. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I amazing doula childbirth amazing. educator. They brought I took my her classes in. there for with you Amelia. did? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, like my, my birth, teach my, there now. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, I did yeah. my birth, my like my you know, like like when they have you yeah. go in and like do the birth classes and totally. learn everything. Justin and I went and we loved her and we She's loved the best. Beanie birth. Amazing. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. So she came in and Basically, we, re- we revamped their entire childbirth program, started teaching childbirth classes, started teaching all their specialty classes, including their VBAC class, yes. revamped that curriculum, coping with labor, all the things, and then became a peer mentor for nurses. So education is my thing. So I was, yeah. I was mentoring nurses on the floor as they came off orientation, was kind of a first responder to emergencies. And then eventually took over the childbirth and parenting education program wow, at Cedar Sinai. So I was running that program. When I quit my job, wow. <laughs> actually in 2017, I quit, launched Bundle Birth, a nursing corporation 
in January 2018, so it has officially been two years. And That is so exciting. Right? It has been the adventure of my <laughs> life. Like, I am a nurse. I know nothing about business. Now I know a lot more about business. Yes. But it was... It's baptism by fire, babe. I get it. it. Tell like, me about I it. I have been thrown into so many different businesses, <laughs> and you're just like, oh. Fake it till you make exactly. it. Exactly. You're just like, this is how it goes. Okay. Yes. And then you still are like, oh my God. And my right. husband, you know, being a production accountant, being Mr. Like, real, I was like, what are you doing? What right. is that paperwork? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I'm you're trying. Like, Wait. <laughs> yes, it's coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that has been me. So it has been so fun to launch this this business. Yeah. With really the idea behind it being that I was seeing now prenatal education, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, education and support, and seeing what was happening in the community, and then also seeing what was happening in the hospital. And nursing care, unfortunately, has kind of moved in this direction where it's very political. They're throwing things at you left and right, more oh, charting, more this, say that audits again. for this, yeah. getting screamed at in the middle of the night by doctors. Like, it's just not what you get into nursing for. Mm-hmm. And so I always say that, like, there are two ways to make change from the inside out and the outside in. And mm. I felt like I had kind of maximized my impact from the inside out. And okay. so I was like, well, there's a lot going on outside the hospital. Let's see what's up and let's see where we can go from here. So currently I have Bundle Birth and Nursing Corporation. I offer um, basically doula services. It's an elevated doula service where I'm a labor nurse and birth coach. So I can give nursing services to my clients. I do all sorts of childbirth education, specialty education. And now we have what's growing. I'm like, what's going on in the world? But we have postpartum services that are in motion. So And tell me about it. We're working on bundle birth nannies, more to come. We're not quite there yet. And then also nursing education because that's the inside out. Mm -hmm. Coming full circle with the idea that like we're filling the gaps. We were saying that basically (laughs) like you're working on all these amazing services, putting like working on all these different things that are needed with nursing. So now making impact from the outside in and the inside out, which is so fun because there are just so many gaps. There are. There's and I so really many think gaps. that like education and support are the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and mind you like the right education of and course. the right support. Yes. But really the dream is to be able to provide that to the masses through all stages of pre, even pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. And well, and I love that you, that you also say like the education, because I think so much of this is like a lot of fear-based and oh a lot of, you know, yes. oh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the more even I educate myself and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, nowhere near, you know, this realm, but because I know amazing, you know, women like you and other people in my community mm-hmm. that do educate you and make you say like, oh, wow, you know, it isn't just one way and it's not yes. just black and white and you it. can really educate yourself and advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the fear. Yes, you have to have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware, mm-hmm. but the fear doesn't have to be there. Yes. And I think that that's so huge yeah. and so empowering for mm-hmm. women because mamas get to these places where we're like, oh my God, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Right, right. And between pregnancy, you know, even before you're pregnant to pregnancy, mm-hmm. to then giving birth, to then, you know, again, being in the postpartum and you're just like, what is this? And that was right. exactly how I felt. Like, I was like, this is motherhood? <laughs> what is With this? With so many outside voices. Yes. Like, screaming in your ears from all directions and telling you what to do. It's right. like, how do you ever... Right. First of all, how do you not be anxious or afraid of like, oh, I'm going to do the wrong thing? Because you right. want to do the best thing for of your course. kid. Of course. You want to do the best for your, your child. Yeah. 
But there are so many different voices and who do you know that you can trust? And then ultimately, how do you turn the education into a decision that is yours? Yes. And it's also for you. Right. Exactly. Than Thank you. Specific for you. And I love that you said that because mm-hmm. again, too, and I say this on social all the time, like this is what works for me. It's not right. for everyone. Like yes. just because, you know, this is what mm-hmm. works. Yes. Try it by all means. Yes. These are my tips. This and that. But everybody is different. Yes. Everyone chooses to parent differently. Everybody looks at things Hallelujah. differently. You know what I mean? Like we all <laughs> yes. do. Like that's what makes life beautiful is we're all different. Like mm-hmm. if you're all the same, it's like, oh, that's freaking boring. You know? So it's like, but why do people get so heated? And like you said, like so mm-hmm. political and all these things. And it's like, no, like just find your things that work mm-hmm. and figure out the things that are custom, you right. know, to you and, and everything else. So I love that you said, like mm-hmm. take that all together with the education and then find what works for you and your family, not just, hey, this is what I'm shoving down your throat and then this is what you need to do. Well, and that goes for me being accountable to being an educator. That Mm -hmm. if I'm an educator, my role is to provide you with all of the options, with all of the different scenarios that you want. Now, mind you, some people love all the info and all the details. (laughs) And other people are like, give me the bare minimum. Give me the skinny. (laughs) It's important for me to know that too as an educator and ultimately be like, look, if you choose this route, here are your options here. Here's the risks. Here's the benefits. Here's another option. And how do you feel about it? And have a dialogue. Right. And really empower you to make that that decision for yourself because – I mean, I don't want to make that decision for you. I don't, first of all, I don't want to be responsible for it, but right. I want to empower you as the patient, as the pregnant mom, as the family member, whatever, to make those decisions for yourself because you're the one living with the outcome, right? Mm, and so when true. you make that decision, actually birth satisfaction sits on it. That's actually evidence-based oh. information that birth satisfaction lies less in what route of delivery, but one of the things is that you are provided with the options and ultimately everything that happened in your care was your decision. You never felt like you were like, oh, well, whatever you want, doctor. Right. Or I just listened because I didn't know what to do or I was confused. Yeah. That's where education fills that gap Mm -hmm. and the support to stand there and and know how to stand up for yourself. Right. And be able to ask those questions. And even a lot of times in the room, I'll be like, the, the patient will be asking something to the doctor and I'll be behind them looking at them like yeah giving them a thumbs right. up like that's a great question right good job. yeah right you know and they're like oh okay that's a good question and then all of a sudden they're like they're provided empowered. with a new yeah. option yeah that they didn't know was possible right you know yeah and so I just I mean I see this day in and day out how those two things that if you are pregnant or if you are a mom or whatever that you have to surround yourself with the right education mm-hmm. one that's unbiased one that's not going to tell you what to do and provide you with those options and then also your your tribe whether that be for birth or whether that be for as a mom you know one of my biggest recommendations is get in those mommy and me groups but find the right one for you that is the one that's going to just empower you to learn and give each other options and grow together versus like tell each other what to do you know well, and be all nice and yeah really catty right <laughs> exactly and it's like and I, and I love that you said that of like you know supporting each other and you know and and having those options because I think there are so many options mm-hmm. from in pregnancy all the way to when you're giving birth and then again you know in the postpartum when you have you know this little bean that you're raising and it's like again you feel like oh my gosh like why does it seem so complicated and why is this and it's like yes there is so much more information now and I think that's Mm -hmm. a really good thing but I agree with you I think that where the the disconnect is and where the lack of everything is is the fact that the education behind it like even my own parents like obviously you know they you know had babies a long time ago you know and so they look at me and they're like what are you talking about and they think I'm crazy but I'm like no I'm 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 educating myself Mm -hmm. I'm learning this I'm learning that this is an option I'm Mm -hmm. learning that you know and it's like 
it may seem crazy to you, but maybe that's something that you're not educated on, mm-hmm. so you don't know. And it's not a snub. Like, you did an amazing job in raising us, but it's just different now. Right. And there is so much more of these services and support and things for women, thank God, and moms. And these conversations didn't happen right. back in the day for, you know, women and parents mm-hmm. and everything. So mm-hmm. it is such a time, like to be coming into that space. And I love that about you, that you're really like, you said, like turning things inside out and going like, okay, how do I really like help fix this? And how do I really work on being a voice for this? And taking that marriage of the education and the awareness and putting it together versus just going, okay, here are your options. And then people go, okay, but how do I know what the right option is? Right, right. And also that's where the support piece comes in Mm -hmm. because I can throw all the education at you, but if you don't have somebody to process that education with that you feel safe with, that education does. It just kind of hits a wall and it's hard to internalize because every scenario is so different in labor and delivery. I always say like I've been a part of over 5,000 births and none of them have been the same, (laughs) which is so fun for my job. Say that again. (laughs) Right? None of them. And so – that's exciting, but at the same time, that feels kind of anxiety-provoking for yeah, some, too, sure. of, like, my birth. Like, what? It's going to be different? Yeah, of course. You're out of control in some ways. Right, yeah. But here's baby, what you can control. kind of essentially deciding. Right, right. Your body and, <laughs> yeah. like, you can't tell your body, like, yo, I'm not ready when right. it's ready, yeah, you know? Right. And so, like, to switch the education to that becoming empowering of, like, wow, what a powerhouse I am and then what can you pick up and control that's also one of my kind of mottos that like for all the things you can't control it's life yeah you know (laughs) there's so many things that you can't control and so when you're hit by those things labor being a great analogy for that that then okay I can't control this but what else can I control I love that so when you're feeling out of control it's like finding the things that you know you can control that like actually are within your Mm -hmm. realm and you can say okay this is like what I feel this is what feels good to me. This yes. is what I'm controlling yep. since I actually can't control the rest of what's happening with this. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yep. point. And some of that may be really simple things like right. <laughs> the lighting in the room right. yeah, or the things. people you allow at the mm-hmm. bedside mm-hmm. or like the boundaries you set with your family uh-huh. or you know whatever it may be, the music you listen to. Like I'm going to close my eyes right now and mm-hmm. tune out. Mm-hmm. You have control over that. So true. And those little things put together can contribute to a more positive birth experience, life experience. I mean, like life yeah. skills. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, and it's so true. And I mean, like I know you know because we've talked about my you know my birth with Amelia, but it's like. I definitely realized how many contributing factors there were that I probably could have stepped in and controlled Mm. that I just didn't know enough, you know, and and being my first birth and having really no clue. You know, you you watch some movies and you think like... (laughs) It's not like... It's going to go somewhat like that and I'll figure it out. And it's like, oh no, it is Mm -hmm. so not like that, especially not mine. You know, so it's just like, you you know, you just are clueless and you just kind of just, you know, run down this crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, like journey to, okay, I'll just just ride this wave. Like, here we go. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... I agree with you and now going into you know my second birth with you know my second girl it's like I realize like okay I I really do need to be very mindful and mm-hmm. be aware of the things that I can control and yeah. make sure I set that up now yes. while I'm pregnant 100%. and be uh, right just like how we were saying you know earlier um you know offline like how you know birth preferences are so important I, from what you're saying right now that's like really ringing in my head is like wow I need to make a list of like literally like what I can control mm-hmm. preferences of like yeah. with the things that I'm going to be like like you said like lighting the essential oil whatever it is these are the things I'm controlling and I'm mm-hmm. choosing to control that I actually can mm-hmm. versus the things that I actually can't right right and when you're when you're presented with an 
situation or an opportunity for that control where, or where it feels out of control, that then your support team, this is why you have a support yeah. team, can remind you of those things and right. say, you know what, I'm going to lower the lights right now. Let's put on your headphones and yeah. listen to your hypnobirth track yeah. and zone out for the next 45 minutes right? and kind of bring you back to that place. It's the other thing. When I work with mamas who've had maybe a harder birth experience in the past and I, I do debrief them or I get a client that had had a rough birth and they bring me on to help them through the next one, um, I always ask the question, what are the things that you loved about your first birth? Mm. And that helps to tap into what are some of those things that you could pull from uh. to turn them into something you could control, you know, like I, I, you mentioned earlier, the bathtub. It's, yep. I heard, I heard yep. water yep. like a lot, water. right? Yep. Uh-huh. And so even with you now, knowing that you're going to end up delivering in the hospital setting, it's like setting yourself up with the opportunity for water, right. you know, or even early on when it's not time to go to the hospital, that you're very intentional, that you get that moment mm-hmm. with this pregnancy to zen out in the tub mm-hmm. or in the shower. Right. And you really are intentional to, to focus on letting go and surrendering and that that's your like foundation for building off the rest of your labor. Right. You know, yeah. and so little things like that, but that's, those are the types of things that I really tell people like tap into what you loved and then also think about what you, what didn't go so well right. and what are the things that you want to change. And like you said, the things that now you can control, yeah. who you surround yourself with, your provider, Yes, you know, all those, like you're going to chiropractic right yep. now. Yeah. Well, I never did chiropractic with Amelia. And, yeah. You know, like you're setting your body up, you're staying active. All of that is going to, is going to allow for you no matter what the outcome to look back on the birth and say, I know confidently that I did everything I could right. to set myself up, to get the birth that, uh, that I wanted. And ultimately, if it goes another way, it goes another way. Right. But my biggest thing, especially with my clients, I'm like, I don't want you to look back and read a blog and go, well, we could have tried that. Yeah, so true. Especially especially, with everything that's around you nowadays. It's social and blogs. And so that's where I always open it up to. If you hear something, like come back to me. Because if you have a C-section... I don't promise much to anybody. And sure. with labor and birth, I never say never, never say always. Like there's just yeah. so much up in the air. Right. But especially with my clients, I do feel confident that I can say that like by the end of your birth, if you need a C-section, we will have done everything possible. Right. And that, I mean, the C-sections I have had for yeah. clients, yeah. they're okay with it. And they feel like, yes, I'm, I made that decision for myself. Yeah. And that was the best decision for my family in the time. Right. Well, and, and I, and I appreciate you said that because you know, obviously I had a C-section with Amelia and as much as a lot of things didn't go the way I wanted them to at the birth, I have to say, like, I felt very empowered at the end of everything that happened with my birth when I hit my 42 hour mark. <laughs> Thanks Amelia. Of, you know, <laughs> of, you know, of, you know, waiting to, you know, give birth. The fact that my husband and I were able to sit alone together and my birth team walked out, had a conversation with my doctor and all these things and essentially left it up to me because there was no yes. emergency, you know, there was no problem, there was nothing really happening that had to be handled that minute. It was really like, okay, this is up to you and Justin and really essentially up to you, Allie. It did feel as much as things felt so out of whack and so upsetting and everything. Right. I do remember in that moment feeling like at least I got to make that decision. Yes, yes. And that will already set you up to be able to be on a podcast like this talking about it and say, I felt empowered in that moment. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was a positive piece of Mm -hmm. your birth that you take that you say, I made that decision. And in the future, when, like if you were to end up facing another conversation or a decision about something that maybe wasn't on your preferences, that you can say, I know what's important to me that I want a moment to sit with my partner and to have a discussion and for it to be our decision 
only, you know, and yeah. back to birth satisfaction, right. you know, that, that, that will contribute to a better, healthier birth memory, which yeah. is so important to me. And yeah, you know. well, and obviously it's very, <clears throat> it's very important to everyone, but for whatever reason, again, how we were talking about the disconnects, like in the systems, like that is something that has been majorly disconnected. And yeah. I do believe for me, it contributed to my postpartum depression. Yeah. You know, I think there were a lot of factors for me that contributed, but I do believe a lot of that contributed because you know you do feel so out of control and you do feel so lost in who you are and what's going on and it's like you know all that contributes then to feeling that depression and that anxiety and all these things and all of a sudden it creates itself into actual postpartum depression right you know well in some of that like definitely one of the risk factors for postpartum depression is a birth story that didn't go as planned Mm -hmm. it actually is a c-section too when you planned on a vaginal birth and you especially with the whole birth center thing like if you're a birth center client, you really want that vaginal yeah, birth because sure. C-section isn't even an option. Right. Center, yeah. Well, you know? I mean, and, 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 you know, I had my tub and everything, right. you know, like I set myself up, right. you know, so I thought right. of and how you, it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And you had envisioned the birth yes. one way and it yes. was completely different. Night and, and day. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, of course, like those, that, those expectations and the disappointment of it not being your birth dreams um, of course it's going to set you up for that, you know, and that's where I think, I, I think this time around, especially we've talked a lot about this, but setting yourself up with those realistic expectations to me, that's where education comes in and knowing what you can control. I love that the push right now is recognizing that this is your body. This is your baby. You are not sick. Okay. Just cause if you're delivering in a hospital, just cause you're in the hospital does not mean you are, I mean, you are a patient cause you have a wristband, but <laughs> yeah. you have nursing care and stuff, but you're not a patient like the rest of the hospital right you're there to do something very natural really very point. beautiful mm-hmm. very much like what your body knows how to do and actually this gets me into a whole nother soapbox but there's this huge push right now in a lot of our bigger obstetrical organizations one of them being cmqcc um, which is a which is a collaborative effort coming from california to decrease the overall c-section rate mm. and their push one of their mandates to help increase vaginal birth rates is to is to bridge the provider gap, knowledge and skills gap related to physiologic birth. And Ah. so our birth world has become very medicalized in the last many years. Mm -hmm. And um, we as, as a provider, I can even speak to my training in nursing school and even as a new grad nurse, my first line of treatment was medical interventions rather than I wasn't even taught anything or what physiologic birth is. And what physiologic birth is, is birth that you allow to just birth like without allow your body yeah Mm -hmm. like if you were to birth in the wilderness like what would your body do to go through the stages of labor and ultimately birth a healthy safe baby um and so so that's where for for me I love the push right now culturally that we have where we have more access to information and women are demanding the education they're demanding the different resources and the different options and I love to see that too because it's like it's like again like taking the fear out and being like, no, I want to be educated. I right. want to know things. Like, right. don't put me in the dark. Like, I, I and don't, don't treat me as a patient. Yes, you know? exactly. Like, I'm not a, I, I yes. am a okay. Like, technically, you're a patient, right? But your body was made to do this, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. how do how did we as a hospital personnel? I can speak to that side set you up for your body to work right you know and even just listening to your birth story I'm like oh there's just so many little things <laughs> yeah that the hospital I know I can see your face have helped. I know I was like oh 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 and I get so 
attached and I get of course. so like and I we've been talking for bear. so long yeah, too from yeah. like you know which is why you know like for everyone listening like that was why we connected in the first place it was like my lactation team you know knew I was you know pregnant again you know very early on because we were you know discussing nursing and all that with Amelia and so they were like listen you know whether you guys work together or not you need to sit down with her you need to have a conversation with her because she is a registered nurse and she is you know a birth you know and you know a coach and you know labor and delivery and all these things and they were like she will help not only empower you but she will also discuss with you the education all these things that like you need to get for this mm-hmm. next birth and I'm so you know grateful that you know the Candace's of Goldilocks did because it was so yeah. true you know and so you've known my story for quite some time now right. because we talked so early in the beginning mm-hmm. and you were one of the first ones who said to me when I called you and was like so I'm trying to figure out you know what to do I obviously I'm probably gonna do a hospital this time because things with the birth center didn't work out the first time right. I don't want to feel like a patient I don't like hospitals I have anxiety like I was very honest with you and you were very honest back and we're like you have all the right to have all those feelings and to demand an education behind that mm-hmm. and you know you absolutely should set yourself up and look for doctors who understand that and are trying to bridge that gap yes. and you gave me a list of you know different doctors and I wound up with one of you know mm-hmm. and and Dr. Brock of you know Cedar sinai and I feel so grateful and it was like you know not only you but my chiropractor my chiropractor's midwife like all <laughs> these people that all confirmed the same person I felt like it really aligned and it was like this is the person I'm supposed to be with you know right. and I just remember telling you like you know I'm going to see him and I'm nervous and this and that and you were like just tell them what you want you know and I remember just feeling so not only empowered but just educated and just felt so good when I walked into his office and I'm sitting there you know like twiddling my thumbs you know (laughs) freaking out and he's like hey nice to meet you what's going on you know and I was like so I want to discuss a v-back and he smiled and looks at me and goes okay and I was just like Oh, right. Thank you. Freedom. Yes. Finally, somebody who treats it like a bird. Yes. Because it is. I was like, literally like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. the sigh of relief mm-hmm. was just like, I felt like so much weight had been lifted yeah. just in that moment. And we had just met and it was like, you know, and, and backstory. And I told you this, but you know, for them to know, like, you know, I started obviously just regular, you know, prenatal care, just local by me because I was just wanting to make sure the baby was fine. And that doctor, you know, the first thing they said when they brought me into, you know, my first appointments was, you know, here's the paperwork. Can you please sign, you know, that you'll be reelecting for a C-section and, 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 you know, and, and let's schedule the date. And my face was horrified yeah. and she was yeah. like, what? And I'm like, I don't want to elect for a C-section. If I wind up there, I understand because I've been there, mm-hmm. but I don't want to elect for one. And then she just started to pour all the fear into me. And I thank God because I am in this space of, mm-hmm. you know, mamas and women on this community with all these different people who have educated me, I knew better yes. than just to back down and be like, okay, yeah, let's check that box. But there's so many women who don't Amen. and they let mm-hmm. their doctors just go, check that box. Right. That's what you're doing. Right. And there is such a freaking disconnect. Yes. Well, and you think about the things you can control right away. You were setting yourself up and trusting your instinct, which we've talked so much about through this pregnancy and letting go. One of the biggest tools for birth, but pregnancy life, whatever, is is being able to surrender and let go. And part of that equals trust in the people that you have around you. And for you to walk into that moment and say, no, this doesn't feel good. That's exactly what all of you guys should be doing as well. Right. And at least ask the questions, you know. And trust your intuition and your gut. 100%. Like so many times I feel like even with me, like like people, you know, especially medical provider, like they want to shake you and they want to go back to, you know, the rule book and this and that. And it's like, I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, again, we all want to be educated. And it's like, just right. tell me everything before you shove down my throat. This is why you must do this. Right. Well, and this is where for me, especially with my passion to also educate the medical community, starting with nurses, because 
because nurses to me have the biggest impact and they are eager to help and eager to help you have the best experience possible. It comes back to that education of understanding what is informed consent, what is shared decision making, and what is the what is the job of the provider. Now, mind you, providers have a lot going on, and they're very scared of liability. They are, you know, oh, they're, they're petrified I mean, of liability, of course, because everybody's been sued, everybody's been taken to court, and you don't want that to happen, right? And right. this particular space has the holds the highest liability. So there's that. Yes, we recognize it. Now moving on. Yeah. That the idea between or behind the education that is their responsibility, they are responsible for telling you what your options are and making sure that you are making that informed decision. For me, let's say you come to me and you say, I want to take castor oil. And I'm the <laughs> provider. And I'm Which like, I took okay. with Amelia, for those that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the provider and I'm going to say, okay, I hear you. Talk to me about why that's important to you. Because I want to know... What's going on in you that's making you move towards that decision? And then my job is to provide you with the risks of that so you can understand all of the benefits of what you could see and if there are any other options. Guess what? As long as I've done that, I need to let go of the outcome. Mm. And that's where like documentation in the hospital, you can refuse whatever you want. And I'm not telling you to just refuse out of fear. Sure. That's where that's where I see the disconnect. But it's like if you have you've received all of the education and our providers are providing education that is neutral. That yes, like when I talk risk of C-section, I'm going to give you like a pretty long list yeah, of a C-section, a laundry list. you know, versus yeah. especially when you compare to a vaginal birth and that's the facts. That's not me being like, "Well, you could this and right. rah, 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 rah. Right. Right. And so my approach would be, here's the neutral information. And clearly you're going to see that the list is longer for a C-section. Oh, yeah. And then you can make that informed decision. And that's where, the, like for the provider, they need to let that go. Mm-hmm. But for them to walk in and be like, you're doing this. Rah, rah, rah. Right. You know, that also to me is where we have a gap in education. Well, and it feels like very interrogating. And then you, totally. and then, and then you don't want to deal with your doctor and you don't want to deal with your medical providers because you're like, why are you such an asshole? Right. And that <laughs> breeds the fear. Yeah. And that breeds the anxiety of, oh my gosh, all the things that could go wrong. And now they're thinking everything could go wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with my body, but I don't have the empowerment to ask the questions because I don't even know what questions to ask. Exactly. I have no clue. You know? Yeah. So of course you're going to walk into it and go, oh, okay. But now you're completely out of control and you've not made that decision for yourself. And that's where we have a massive gap to me in the medical community and the hospital system and all of that. But when you can have somebody like you and I love that you're using your platform to help expose all of you beautiful powerful women out there who are just trying to do the best thing that you can for your life and your body and your baby that you can and it is your right to ask those questions and it is their responsibility to give you informed consent which is the whole slew of risks the whole slew of benefits and what your other options are you know and so you walk away into Dr. Brock's office and all of a sudden guess what the feeling you felt was no anxiety mm-hmm. was surrender mm-hmm. was was oh I can breathe which are all exactly what you want to feel in your birth and yes. so that to me is a tool for all of you out there there, that if you're sitting with your provider and you're feeling uptight, you're feeling that pit in your stomach, that's how you're going to feel at your birth. And that so will true. not facilitate that physiologic birth that we are all looking for of letting your body do what it needs to do. Right. And so your provider to me is maybe, mm, I'm going to say top three most important things that yeah. you can control. Makes sense. You know, and, and the more that we demand the type that type of care, the more that 
that doctors in particular are going to have to listen. And I have seen that shift over my nine years as a nurse. Wow. And and now they're being like, oh, fine, okay, right. yes. And, well, oh, and you yeah, see it firsthand that because you're a nurse and you're in right. there, like in the trenches with them, mm-hmm. sometimes doing more than them at, for a, to a point because that's what happens. And so you've seen it all in that right. sense. Right. And you and I've seen the shift over the years mm-hmm. of how, how the vibe has changed. Or even birth preferences. Like when I started, a birth plan was like the devil as a medical person. <laughs> like you'd walk in and we'd be, and then the nurses would all roll their eyes and be like, sign her up for a C-section. There's still a little bit of that going sure. on depending on where you're at. Now in LA, we're like so progressive and you have so many more options in a lot of these places around the world really. But now the vibe is like, okay, what? Oh, you have a birth preference list. It's not the first time I've seen it. Right. And they're used like, to you okay, handing cool. them that paper. <laughs> yeah, they get it. Yeah. Exactly. But right. that's a shift and that's been, that's been pushed by patients and by women and their families. And so the more you demand that type of care, the more that I believe that that will start being seen a lot more. And there will be more providers that are like Dr. Brock that put you at ease. Yeah. You know, and that's how you're going to feel going into your birth because you know you've surrounded yourself with a provider that's not afraid. I I mean, it was like such a, you know, I told my husband like, you know, when I came home and he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh my God, I'm like on like cloud nine. Like, and he was like, seriously? And he knows I'm not, like, I don't like doctors overall like yeah. I'm just I do have anxiety straight up like I don't like hospital it's just not my vibe it never has my parents used to joke like they'd have to hold me down to take me to the Aww. doctors I'm like I've just that's always been me okay so for whatever reason it's always been in me mm-hmm. so like knowing that about myself and now being an adult and having to obviously handle that as an adult and like work through that yeah. having someone like him be like you know like he smiled at me and he's like okay let's do it and I was like really and he's like looked at all my charts and everything he's like you were in an emergency. She was fine. Everything I can see from, you know, your last birth. He's like, you got basically almost a destination station. He's like, yeah, like I'm cool Let's with it. it. Let's do it. And I was just like, wow. I'm like, is there anything I need to do? And he was like, let your body do what it needs to do. Yes. And I was like, there's oh. a provider for you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mm. and he goes, I'm just, he goes, I just give you the most time. And he goes, he goes, everyone wants to call me like, you know, magic or whatever. He goes, it's not me. He goes, I just let you have the most time. He goes, that's what it's all about. Yep. If I can see everything's fine, I just let your body do what it needs to do. Yep. And I was like, oh. imagine that a provider going back to the roots. Mm-hmm. That's my Minnesota. Yeah, out. I love it. <laughs> of physiologic birth, mm-hmm. right? Of letting your body do what it knows how to do. And occasionally, mind you, I am a nurse and yes. I have seen all sorts of medical interventions ha- like help save lives. They help have a vaginal birth. Of course. When there, there's, a, there's, a there's a place for them. Of course. For them. Yes. But for that to be a first line of treatment, that's my mission is that like for the medical world to recognize that birth is normal, that birth is not a sickness, that birth doesn't that have to be fear-based. It doesn't have to be fear-based yes. and that you as a provider Amen. have a role to play at the bedside when you come in and you turn on all the lights and when you're dot, 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 banging around at 3 a.m., like that is going to actually impact your hormone response in your body and maybe create a little bit more adrenaline, AKA fear, which counteracts your labor hormones. Mm-hmm. And so that's that, I mean, that's my mission to the, the I love like that nurses, though. especially for education and stuff, because together we're going to be able to make a difference, right? But that's where you make change from the outside in, but also there needs to be change from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's happening. I really, I have so much hope that like, that makes me feel good. Oh yeah. I mean, and even, even with VBAC, like, Oh yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get into that. (laughs) Well, and with VBAC, the vibe towards VBAC was very, very, very fear-based. Oh yeah. I mean, heavily fear-based. I mean, listen, I, you know, it's like, cause I, one of the reasons I want to have Sarah on this show was because she is extremely VBAC supportive and Mm -hmm. has been a part of many successful VBACs. And so when I called her, you know, originally when we were first chatting, she had said to me like, 
don't have a fear towards your VBAC. If that's something you really want, like then set yourself up Mm -hmm. and educate yourself and know like that they happen all the time. And when I started actually researching, I think it was like 60 or 65% of like successful VBACs. And I was like, see, and that's Mm -hmm. incredible. And nobody talks about that. Everybody just gives you all the laundries of all the negatives. And it's like, again, I get it. You need to know what could happen. But that's such a small percentage Mm -hmm. that actually is negative there's such a huge it's not like a 30 percent 60 to 80 percent it's (laughs) massive and more than half right right only nine to twelve percent of women who've had a previous c-section will attempt to be back and of those nine to twelve percent 60 to 80 percent will be successful imagine if that bumped up to 50 right how many more vaginal births we would have how the morbidity and mortality for newborns and mamas would decrease how many more like healthy pregnancies because VBAC or c-section has implications for future pregnancy I mean there are so many things that we can be doing in that but one of them is the education that your chances are real good right and 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 don't put like the fear of God in yes. me like yes. that was why I got so frustrated with my you know I won't mention her name but at my mm-hmm. you know prenatal you know checkup because she was like you know, well, you know, since you had a C-section, I'd really highly suggest, you know, and like really, like really forced me like to sign this paper and elect it. And I was like, no, I was like, mm-hmm. and I looked at her and I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, but I, I don't agree with you. And I was like, and because I have people around me that like have educated me and because this is not my first birth, like mm-hmm. I, I know to a point what I'm talking about. And right. like, I know I'm not a medical doctor and you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but like I'm sorry, like this is not a fit. And that right. was when I knew like I had to step away because, and it, the sad thing was, is that when I, when she left and I was in the room, I'll never forget this, her, um, her assistant came in who I guess is like in training, like to be, you know, I guess like what she's doing. And she oh. was telling me in her residency, she's already done several VBACs and she goes, she goes, they happen all the time. She goes, I'm doing them my residency like day in and day yeah. out. And she yeah. goes, I really shouldn't be sharing this with you. She goes, my sister just did one the other day, you know, and she goes, and it was successful. And I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And right. she goes, you know, I, I shouldn't be obviously being, you know, here and, and our, you know, our, you know, our personal team does not support this. She goes, but just what, you know, like there are people who work here that do. Yep. And I was just like there's there you go and that to me was a sign it was like Mm -hmm. Allie trust your gut trust what you're feeling and go get other answers and go see other options Mm -hmm. and when you choose a VBAC this goes back to our initial Mm -hmm. conversation that you commit to it and you let the fear go right that that absolutely all of the complications and all the all the meaning one really added complication that can happen which is uterine rupture which we can talk about if you want yeah absolutely like that that really is up to your medical team to Mm -hmm. take to take care of mm-hmm. that when you're in labor you're in labor yeah you're not v-backing you're not toe lacking right. you know like you're not oh well she's a this and that and the more you hear that noise the more you start to think you're the anomaly when yes. really like your body's in labor it's going through the normal process right everything's the same right yeah and and that's why you surround yourself with a care team that knows how to respond and you have the resources to when you are attempting a v-back mm-hmm. or I mean and even not like there are people that choose to v-back in a birth center because right. of that whole yep. hospital vibe absolutely you know and well, there was something I considered right. it, you know and, and I really am so thankful that I feel like I kind of got best of both worlds so that you know mm-hmm. if I need to be in a hospital I have Dr. Brock and he is super supportive and like known as like the v-back king and California (laughs) which is hilarious but Mm -hmm. he is and he's so supportive of it and what you're saying is exactly what he said to me he's like I will just let you do what you need to do until you know god forbid I can't he goes but he's like I he goes I see no reason like why and even his assistant who was standing with him like rolled her eyes and I was like what are you rolling your eyes at and she goes it was like the beginning of January and she goes it's like January 8th and he's already done 20 VBACs what does that tell you wow yeah 
that's so cool. I know, How right? How is that? I, no, it made me Shoot. feel like, holy crap. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and again, like you said, it's not an anomaly. It's not, no. it's not, you know, it's like when people hear VBAC, they're like, oh my God. And, and it's shown on my social. Like when I, mm-hmm. I'm starting to really talk about this now, like let people know like what's going on, you know, and share obviously my life and my story and tell people like, you know, I'm not opting for C-section. I am opting for VBAC. So many people have messaged me going, oh my God, you're not freaked out. Oh my God, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm just like, I- I'm just going to trust in my body. Right. And that's why I keep hashtagging VBAC without fear. Yes, because I am like, that. I'm going to start like, Yes, that. because I'm like, come on. Like, right. you well, know, like, why is this me, such a fear-based thing? Because honestly that, and I can say this as a medical provider, that like that's the responsibility of the medical world, that that has been created. Now, mind you, I will pull it up, but the like ACOG, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, has a statement about it. And I'm going to, let me, yeah, let me put it, up. it yeah, for you because for sure. they make like a very clear, um, actually it's right here. So this is from ACOG Practice Bulletin from November 2017, and it says VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean, is associated with a decreased maternal morbidity and a decreased risk of complications in future pregnancies, as well as a decrease in overall cesarean delivery rate at the population level. They are recognizing that VBAC is, it, it has less risk. They're saying it. And that's, that's the obstetrician's amazing. like overarching umbrella of their authority of information. Um, National Institutes of Health recognized that TOLAC, this was in 2010, was a reasonable option for many women with a prior cesarean delivery and called on organizations to facilitate access to TOLAC. In addition, they recognize that concerns over liability have a major impact over the willingness of physicians and healthcare institutions to offer TOLAC. So, I mean, this is out in the public, and there are these organizations, and this is what I, I want to encourage the yeah, women out there. Please do. That there are your major overarching governing bodies that hold the research that do it and they interpret it that are and are making the shots for how your physicians how your nurses how your midwives practice and they're saying that it's a reasonable option and that a lot of the motivation and that culture of fear and fear mongering or whatever has come based on a fear of liability and that goes back to the whole education thing where I feel like the gap is let it go right I've provided you with the education as a provider I'm gonna chart you better bet I'm about to write down every note that I have told you that you 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 what said you decide, that you understand you on, and yeah. that you are the patient refuses a C-section given blah 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 you know right and then guess what that should be enough in court because you're the one that made the decision and women you need to be responsible with the decisions that you make and educate yourself and again it's like make those decisions out of the right education and one that's not going to be the doctor that's like oh well this and there's this risk and right that risk yeah it's like yes the risks are here it's also how it's presented well, and you just said yourself, it's one big risk. And yeah. the doctor that I was with in the beginning was like trying to give me this laundry list. And I was even looking at her like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's not true because I remember like speaking to you and other people who are educated in the system who mm-hmm. have told me the one main risk. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone's worried about for right. liability. Of course. Um, which is uterine rupture. Yeah. Well, and can you speak a little bit to that? With, yeah, Because then I want to I want to get into, because I am going for a VBAC, yeah. I'm putting it out there that the VBAC is happening. <laughs> I want to, yes, I want to like get into that too. But before we get into, you know, actually going for a VBAC, explain mm-hmm. why there is such a fear with mm-hmm. uterine rupture and how that is an actual, obviously real, risk. you know, risk that totally. can happen that to be aware of. Absolutely. So 
when you've had a prior cesarean birth, you have a scar on your uterus, right? So they had to make an incision in the uterus, a cut that went against the normal like musculature of the uterus. And so when it grows back together and it heals, there's that a little bit weakened tissue. So that's also why there's a recommendation to wait 18 months prior to getting pregnant again so that that oh, scar can that really I heard heal that. really, okay. really tight and really <laughs> strong Yeah. Um, versus it be totally fresh. Mm-hmm. And so with that scar, when you get pregnant and the uterus distends or it grows and it kind of pulls on that scar a little bit um, and then contractions start that with through the labor what can happen is that that scar can break open and that's the, the rupture which sounds like a very terrifying word where it totally. breaks open yeah. and it and all of a sudden there's then it's it can spill the contents of the uterus which is the baby the water bag the the cord all of that into the abdomen and then because there's a kind of a tear in the uterus there's also high risk for bleeding okay and so so mind you the risk is less than 1% for somebody with a, with one prior cesarean and so that risk is very low but if it if it were to happen it is a medical emergency and it can lead to really sad outcomes mm-hmm. um, loss of baby potentially loss of mom i would say more baby and really that's why people are scared, of right? Course, yeah. And it's like if it happens and if they've had that one case, and I have seen that sure. happen multiple mm-hmm. times. And mm-hmm. when it happens, it it's not fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, of course, then there may be some providers and they they are completely at their right to say, I'm not taking that risk. Yeah, that I'm not me, supporting it. I'm going to weigh mm-hmm. that out. And mm-hmm. I would rather you not have a uterine rupture and take that, the risk of all the, the risk of cesarean instead, you know? And so that's what they can do. Right. But you women, if that's not what you're about, then maybe that provider's not right for you. Right. You know? Well, and I love that you also just said that, yes, okay, that, that, that it obviously is very serious, but there also are, are very serious um, uh, risks as well as complications that can happen with a C-section yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, life is risky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we are weighing risk constantly. Right. And so for, yeah. for you as a patient or as a mother, mm-hmm. um, that your job is to look at, look at that information and say, okay, here's the list of risks of a C-section and this uterine rupture thing. For some, they may look at the, what would happen with a uterine rupture right. and go, uh, absolutely not. Right. Like, of course. I don't want to risk that. Yeah. I want to schedule my day. Yeah. There's more benefits to me with the C-section. Yeah, than right. Everyone's different. And that goes back to informed consent. I don't, if you make that decision with yeah. all the information, I feel great about it. Yeah, you know, right. And you can live with the consequences. Right. Either side. And that's where like, there may not be a cookie cutter answer, but if you're actually looking at numbers, the only risk difference is you add on that one, that less than 1% risk of a uterine rupture right. compared to somebody who's never had a baby before. Now, mind you, I will just make a super side note is that you can have a uterine rupture without a previous C-section. Well, and I was going to say that because I read that somewhere yeah. and I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I mean, right. that is, that is like the fluke accident. I'll be honest. Sure. Like, I, right. I, mean, I don't. I've seen it postpartum where we realize postpartum that mm-hmm. the uterus ruptured, mm-hmm. but I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen that scenario. The uterine ruptures I've had have been previous cesareans. Right, right. Um, but I mean, flex and flow as I yeah. say, yeah. and that that's life. And mm-hmm. that's where like, 
you don't know what's going to happen and you don't, you can't necessarily anticipate everything. And so those are the things that you, you let go of. Right. And you say, I, I, I cannot tell my scar to yeah. grip my right. uterus yeah, tear, right. you know? Yeah, I surrender, like right. you said. And, yeah. that's, and that will also help your labor work better. So it's like on the other side, we're going to trust that the scar is going to do what it can mm-hmm. and we're going to trust that we're doing everything else to set ourselves up right. for that vaginal birth and right. being able to let go of the rest and then committing to the decision that you've made yes. related to the Right, va- don't do the, the dance of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like that was something I had to, like once I did my research and I told my husband, I was like, I'm going for a VBAC. Mm-hmm. There is no question. There yeah. is no back and forth. There is no change. If my doctor is supporting it and every everybody's on board. I'm doing a VBAC. I'm doing that's a what, VBAC. That's and what I'm I love doing. That you're saying I'm doing yes. a VBAC. Yes. Because you're speaking that out right. into existence. And, and saying it to myself yes. to empower myself. Like yeah. I'm doing a VBAC. And even my, you know, Dula, I told you, like, you know, I brought on, you know, Stacey Dean. Like she was here and we were sitting and chatting the other night and she was like, listen, she's like, you know, obviously, you know, anything can happen. She goes, but just hearing you and hearing how much you're empowering yourself, what you've already been doing, all the people you surround yourself with from the beginning. Yeah. She goes, you're going to do a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, so that support team also speaking it in, mm-hmm. even Dr. Brock being like yeah it's fine yep. like all of that is like that positive of like keeping that in my mind of like mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it yeah like 60 80% do it and I'm gonna do it yeah I'm gonna be part of that percentage yep yep and if it were to go the other way right you're gonna feel the exact same way that you feel about the VBAC in that moment that's mm-hmm. the goal right mm-hmm. right that until then you would be able to look at the situation because you have the right education and right. support to say you know what I see it and I see that this is the safer, more, more better option for this scenario. And yeah. This is my choice. Right. You know, and, and I've done everything I can in the yeah. other realm. And guess what? You had the labor and birth experience that mm-hmm. you wanted right. prior to that moment. Maybe it was a little different, but then also anticipating what can I do even during the cesarean birth to make it feel more mm-hmm. like a birth, Got you it. know? And so that, I mean, and that's where setting up realistic expectations and knowing that like you're in control that you've surrendered to it, that right. you are getting that V back. And then it's not, it's not like you're, you're on guard the whole way through. Right. Your and you're not the whole birth. thing fearful. It's like, you're just, mm-hmm. you're just going with it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and I think that's so important. Well, and, and why do you think like, obviously from the union rupture, but why do you think like there is like such a heavy fear? Like you think it obviously started with like the way medical and liability. And so that just got kind of push through everyone so then people just don't even think to ask for it or opt for it because they're just afraid it's like something it's just not even on the table for them mm-hmm. I think that two sides like if you're if you're talking about the medical world I think liability 100 mm-hmm. percent is mm-hmm. the main motivation and they're worried about that now mind you it's not even liability because I think that puts doctors it gives doctors a bad rap that like oh all they care about is liability when really like they want you to be healthy Right. They are there sure. to, and, and they have a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And when they've had that one case, they have PTSD yeah, because sure. they don't want to see that again. Yeah. And so they, that's where I think we need to give them a little bit of grace and understanding that like there's, there's a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mind you, at the same time, I think that culturally, and I, this is kind of goes back to like, I'm so proud of the where, where things are going. Yeah. But I think culturally there's kind of been this like, oh, doctor is God and whatever you say, doctor. Yeah. Yes, thank and, you. The, the uh, God in the white coat, which right, doesn't right. exist. And, yeah. and they are there as the expert in the room. And they are an amazing resource to you that you want to utilize and not just say, oh, this doctor is this and that. Like, right. I think we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. Again, that, that also goes back to like surrounding yourself with the right doctor that you feel like you can, that, mm-hmm. you, that you, can you can trust, trust in. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, so I think it's a combination of like the whole what they're dealing with and then also the fact that we're not demanding it. And that you're like, for you, you're the perfect example of like, if that doctor, every patient that came in and they were like, here, I'm scheduling you for a C-section, they walked away and they lost business because of it, they may start to consider when their practice goes down and everyone around them's practice is flourishing because they're giving giving these women options, they may consider changing their practices. Right. And that really is, it's the change from the inside out and the outside yeah. in. Like, right. I'm going to get that tattooed on myself. You should. I love it. Yeah. Or something. I have it like on all your stuff, you know, branded. But right. it's true. It, it's totally. very true. Totally. And, and, I, and I love, obviously, you coming from the medical community and, and being a registered nurse. That's why I really wanted to have you on because, you know, there's obviously opinions on opinions on opinions because we all have opinions. <laughs> but for you, because you actually are medically in it and see it and are part of all this and the educating, that's where I wanted people to really hear, like, the education behind it and right. take away the fear and take away the fear in birth, period. Amen. You know, yes. it's like like this, this this whole fearful thing. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, of course, birth can be scary at points. Like, I'd be lying of if I didn't say there were par- parts with the meaning wasn't scary. But most of it for me overall was empowering. Yeah, that's the way it should be. And Mm -hmm. that's where for me as a medical person, my mission to the medical world is, yes, we want healthy mom, healthy baby, but also that healthy birth memory and that we have responsibility to that. You do as a patient or a client or whatever, but us as a medical community, that that needs to be like the three because guess what? That leads into mental health and mental health has health impact long term for yourself and for your family and I completely believe that because look at how shit our mental health is right now right right oh my god (laughs) but even you like you think about your scenario where Mm -hmm. you I don't want to put words in your mouth but maybe felt failed in some way oh absolutely oh no you're not putting words in my mouth 100% (laughs) I felt failed by the medical system I felt failed by by myself I felt like I was failing as a mother before I even became a mother I mean it's horrible that yes and that's where To me, I like, I just wish there was that, and I believe in nurses. So Mm -hmm. I would say that nurse that came to your bedside and said, look, there's nothing wrong with your body. You have done everything possible in this moment that like, this is what we're presented with. And what can I do to make you feel safer, to make you feel, to make you feel private, to make you feel um, secure Mm -hmm. in this moment and understand that we are all for you. We want the best for you and your baby. And ultimately this is your decision. Right. You know, like some sort of like something little, like that. Is yeah, like, like such, a, but like even a, just sitting here hearing that from you and I'm like not even, you know, in labor and it's like, oh, that sounds nice. You know, it's like <laughs> just little things, you know, totally. it's like, it's like going back to that kindness and that, you know, mm-hmm. actual relationship, you know, and it's like, and, and obviously not just in birth, but especially in birth, but it's like with doctors period, it's like, I don't want to just walk in and just be some, you know, checked off box to you. And then, you know, you move along. I get you have a lot of people. I get that there's a lot of happening. There's a lot of pressure on your shoulders, but you know what? This is also my experience mm-hmm. and this is what I'm dealing with. And something for you that is a milestone in the timeline of your life. Like these aren't like, oh, I need to get my gallbladder out or something. Like where you'll be like, oh yeah, that happened like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. You'll be like, no, on this date at this time, I did this and this and this. You will tell this story the rest of your life. And that's where I think the humanity, like because, and this this goes to like politics and the way the system's set up and you know, like finances get in there that get make everything fuzzy. And so, but that's where the, 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 change needs to take place Mm -hmm. from the inside out and I think this I mean it's a life lesson I think of just being present with who you're with and that goes for doctors that goes for me personally that goes for all of us all of us yeah that it's easy to just get going and that's what's happening in the offices that like when they have to see 40 patients in an eight hour shift 
that is insane. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. Like I don't I don't envy them at all. Yeah, no, and me I have midwife friends, <laughs> yeah. I have doctor friends that they like they are miserable. They are working all the time and they're charting from home and they have dedicated their lives to this and kind of like for what because they there has been that connection that's been lost but for Mm -hmm. all of us that when we're presented with a human being in front of us that if I can look you in the eye and say there is nothing more important than you in this moment if if doctors or midwives or nurses or our best friend or whoever could just pause for that three minutes and listen and say, talk to me about how you're feeling. What can I do to make you feel more comfortable here? Took me three seconds. Then you you explain one thing and I give you my undivided attention. You're going to feel like a different person than the ones that are writing. And they're like, okay, you good? Any questions? Okay. See you in three weeks or whatever. That that to me is a life lesson of stopping and being very intentional with Mm -hmm. the human beings that are in front of us, recognizing that every person has value in that moment. And that this for you is is not like I say monumental but like this is a vulnerable time yeah and that you matter your birth matters your pregnancy matters and that's three minutes of your life I'm sorry but you can find three minutes yeah no and I love that and amen it's it's so true and I, I just I love how much you've spoken to like that education and, and there is such a gap and I love that you're a part of trying to make that change and you know doing and, what I can yeah <laughs> you know and and because you've seen it and been so heavily in it on the medical side, you know, I just think that's incredible. And that's why, like, I feel blessed not only to have, you know, Dr. Brock, but it's, like, even just Cedars, like, from what I've heard from everyone, like, they are the top care as far as, like, you know, birth and hospital and all that is concerned. And I'm like, okay, well, to me, yes, okay, obviously in my mind and because of the way my comfort level and everything, I would love to be back at a birth center. Yeah. But because of what I am going for and knowing the one risk and all that, I want to set myself up to be in the best position possible on all and, and control what I can control. Yes, and you just did. Right. By choosing a birth environment that you know going into it is going to be supportive of what your preferences are. Right. You know, and luckily you do have like kind of the inside scoop on that. Yes, totally. <laughs> I do. I totally you know? do. And that's why I want to share all of this because not right. everybody has the right. inside scoop. Right. And, you know, and, and they just have the fear, again, is what we said, and the this and the that. And it's like, you know, I think it's just so important to really be, get – honest about like hey you know this is why people are fearful of this this is why this is and it's like that's cool Mm -hmm. like you know fearful you know like fear exists for a reason but don't let it overpower Mm -hmm. everything and don't let it just Mm -hmm. take center stage in what is going on and how are you going to turn that fear into something productive rather than something that just completely controls your life and ultimately really impacts your your life but your birth experience your pregnancy your all the things yeah right (laughs) well and so I know we need to wrap things up here in a few but I want to know like as far as going into you know with 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 feedback and everything you already explained with obviously the risk and then all the you know benefits that can come of it and everything what would you say are some things you can do if you are someone who wants to go you know for a VBAC what are some of the things that you can do to set yourself up you know like right from the beginning because I know like you are like you know the like the VBAC queen as oh, far oh, as like geez. the education oh, and you know you. and like everything you share on your YouTube which we'll link you know in the show notes but like just everything that you share I would like you to give some gems to like mm-hmm. you know how do you kind of start the support because mm-hmm. you kind of help me really get in the mindset in the real beginning of my second pregnancy yes have this yes Easy peasy. (laughs) So one is you need to process your first birth. That if you are sitting with um, unresolved feelings with 
hear from based on the first experience with depression, with regret, with any kind of negative emotion with your first birth, you got to get through that and you have to wrap it up. That that has, We're, that I'm working on it. Be, I know, I know. And that's easier said than done. But you're, if, as long as you're doing the work to get there, to say, let me talk about this. Let's process and, and maybe bring in an expert to mm-hmm. help you do that, which we've done a little bit of that. Um, but so that you can close the memory and say, you know what, we're going to wrap that up in a nice little bow. And then we're going to, we're going to set that aside and recognize that this pregnancy is a completely different scenario. That what happened with the first is its own. And we are leaving that behind that we are starting from square one. I know this time, some things I'm going to do differently. I know what I want to repeat. And then we're going to move forward into a completely different scenario. That to me is, is square one, because if you sit with the baggage of your first of your first birth through that that will impact physiologically your hormones and the ability for your body to do the work that Mm -hmm. it needs to Mm -hmm. along those lines just a little tip a lot of times where you got stuck quote unquote uh the last time like where the c-section was called a lot of times your first of all your support team needs to know where that was Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you hit a wall at birth at that point where mentally it's like and I will warn people that like expect to maybe be a little emotional yeah expect to like have some fears and anxieties and for your support team to really have to step in at that time and reassure you to get over that hump right not everybody but sure I yeah see that so much that like I think is unexpected for people and the ones that I've told that when I like I'll see it and they'll be there'll be something happening and things will they'll stall let's mm-hmm. say that like their labor didn't didn't it was right. a failure to progress or something right. I hate that word. Yeah. Arrest of dilation. Is yeah. Even arrest. I'm like, we're arrested. arrested. <laughs> so like your cervix stopped dilating. Right. If that were to happen at any point, full breakdowns. Normally, like with your first birth, you'd be like, okay, what do we do? We're right. like, full breakdowns. And I will look at her and be like, look, let's recognize this is your last birth playing into what you're holding in your body mm. about it. And let's, let's release it. Speak it out. Let's let that go. And you work through that to get over so their body can continue moving forward. Got so it. anyway, that's totally like side note. But process your first birth and then education and support. Let's go back there because education is you got to know what you're getting yourself into with the VBAC or with the repeat cesarean. And for you to make that educated decision, you need the education behind it. Mm -hmm. So a VBAC class, talking to, talking to educated people. I'm like, to me, it's like the foundation is do a VBAC class because it's going to talk to you about the risks of a VBAC and, and help you to weigh out all your different options so that whatever you make the decision going forward towards the C-section or the VBAC, that you can say, I know what's up. Mm-hmm. I, I feel fully confident and fully committed because I have all the information that I need. So that education and then the right provider slash providers. like Yeah, the team. The team mm-hmm. around you. So mm-hmm. you got to get a doula mm-hmm. and a good one that you feel connected with, that you can trust, that you don't have that pit in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Trust your instinct. And then, and then the right, the right MD. And there, there's one of my, this is also one of my pet peeves, um, is the bait and switch. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, the number of times I see this on social media or people will write me DMs or they'll comment on a YouTube video. And I'm just like mortified because what will happen is these doctors are saying, yeah, of course I'm supportive of VBAC. No problem. Like, yeah, great. 
And then they get to 37 weeks and it's like, well, but if only if we'll only be back if you go into labor by 39 weeks, which is not normal. Like most people hit their due date. Yeah. Right. Or past the guest date. Yeah, exactly. Or I will, it will only be under these scenario, this Mm -hmm. scenario or, well, let me pull out the VBAC chances calculator and let me tell you. And they put in all these numbers and all of a sudden you have a 23% chance of a VBAC and now you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to have a VBAC. Right. You know, that's fear mongering Mm -hmm. or the, let me have you sign the consent that says and understands all the risks starting at 10 weeks or whatever. So that's where understanding how to determine what is a what is a supportive provider and what's maybe a tolerant provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I do talk about in my VBAC yeah. class. I give yeah. them a whole list of things yeah. that like and Amazing. questions for their doctor. Because and you want to do this early on because you can't switch doctors later. It's or right. not that you can't, but like it's very hard to switch providers. Oh yeah, for sure. I know. I was there with Amelia and that was not my my choice. Right, so I know. right, exactly. Yeah. And so setting yourself up with the right support team where you can walk in and feel like you did with Dr. Brock, mm-hmm. that already is going to set you up for the VBAC. The other thing is when you look at the studies of the of the of the successes of VBAC that it really does play into the hospital environment. So is the hospital environment one that's going to support VBAC? They're going to provide you with options. They're not going to approach it being super on guard. And that I mean literally I wasn't even trained that way, mind you. Like I had VBACs at both the hospitals that I've been nurses at. And it was like, you were a VBAC? I'm like, okay. Right. So what are your preferences? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. And then, of course, I'm watching for signs of uterine rupture. And if I'm concerned about something, sure. Lord knows we're going to respond. Until I'm presented with a scenario that's any different than you just laboring, like yeah, we're just you're gonna, laboring, yeah, right, you know? Right. And so to have a nurse even that walks in as a part of your team and is like, okay, I got you. I'm watching for those signs. Don't even think about it. That's not a thing. Right. It's not a thing. If it right. becomes a thing, it becomes a thing. But it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know? And yeah, we're like, not going to oh, we're not gonna worry God. about it until we have to worry about right, it. Right, yeah, and right. And allowing you to still do a lot of the things that – you can do with a VBAC, right. you know? And so I think those would be my top tips. Mind you, there's other like little side things. Of course. But um, I think education support, processing the memory, mm-hmm. um, and that support being environment of birth environment, mm-hmm. being a doula. Mm-hmm. If you can afford one, even if you can't afford one, there are volunteer doulas all over the place. I know. I've seen that, which um, I think is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's also one of my dreams. I want to have a whole team. Of oh, I love it. For every, do it for all. <laughs> um, and so, and then also the, the MD, the mm-hmm. doctor being, being very, very, very critical mm-hmm. that is supportive, not just tolerant and will bait Ooh, and switch Oh, I love you. that. Supportive, not just tolerant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and definitely not bait and switch. Well, Sarah, this was amazing. I knew so you were going to be like so amazing, like Aww. sharing all this. And like, I seriously <laughs> feel empowered, like even just sitting here with you hearing, you know, everything. It makes me feel even more like, yes, this feedback is going to happen. I've of set myself up. Like yes. I'm doing all the work. Like you I'm going to do your class, like all these things. Mm-hmm. It's just like to set yourself up. And I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying, also about being you know educated and supported and like getting emotional but like Mm -hmm. empowered is like being empowered is just a huge part of it is like knowing you are empowered in your birth you are empowered in what you're going through and like it's your body yes that it's your baby yes and like take the fact that even you're growing a human being Mm -hmm. I mean I say this and I think about it all the time where I'm like still amazed it is oh when she kicks constantly I'm like wow a she's human. Just, she's just there. Right. Like, no big deal. Right. I'm just, you know, she's growing an ear today. Right. Like, exactly. you know, it's like. But that's your superpower. Mm-hmm. And to lead into recognizing you can grow the human, the healthy human. Therefore, you can birth the healthy human. Mm, amen. I love that. Well, tell us where we can find you. Aww. We can stalk you. You yeah, know, pl- pl- pimp Connect. yourself out. <laughs> 
So I am all over the place. Um, <laughs> my website is bundlebirth.com. There's all sorts of resources there. And then that'll link to all my social media. But I do have a YouTube channel. It's just Sarah. It's amazing. Sarah Levon. I do have a lot of information on there. And there yes, is two episodes about VBAC. There's a part yes, one Yes, I've part watched two. them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll kind of give you a snippet into my class. My class you can find on my website. I do have a full VBAC class. You can add on birth, birth um, debriefing with me where we do a call and we talk through all those things talk through and I can get I can interpret for you of like okay so based on this this is what you can ask for Mm -hmm. and really empower you with the support to be able to know that those questions are more than reasonable yeah um so VBAC class YouTube channel and then on Instagram I'm bundle birth Yes, Instagram. I love it. Well, information there. Yeah, and you guys go follow her. Check her out. Seriously, her YouTube is amazing. I watched the VBAC videos and I first started really researching, like wanting to do a VBAC. Sarah, this was so empowering and so incredible. I really, really appreciate it. I'll have to have you back. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye.